Okay, let's get started. Um, so I had a few technical difficulties this morning, um, hence the little screen. Um, when I was planning my um, slideshow, um, I I have I need glasses to see distance, and every Sunday I sit down and I'm like, oh, I forgot my glasses, and I can't see the screen. <laughs> and so I made the print what I thought was pretty big, um, if it was on that screen. <laughs> but now it's on this screen, so we will see what we can see. <laughs> I am sorry if, if, you, <laughs> if you can't read what I have up here. Um, <sighs> I'm going to start with a prayer as I work out my technical difficulties this morning. Yes. Breathe. Dear Lord, thank you for um, today. Thank you for these ladies that are here. Thank you for your guidance and your um, direction. Thank you for Easter and all that it encompasses. I pray that you will be with my, my words, with my lesson, and that you will speak through me what you desire to speak through me. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I am happy to have the television, um, even though it is not the screen, because then your eyes will be squinting at that and not on me. <laughs> so, um, Shannon has been going through the names of the Lord, and um, the name she gave me to talk about is Jehovah Sidkenu. And Jehovah Sidkenu means the Lord our righteousness. What comes to your mind when you hear righteousness, or righteous or righteousness? Righteousness isn't a popular word in our culture today. Yet righteousness is essential to our happiness because it involves being in the right standing with God and conforming to his character, fulfilling our responsibilities toward him and others. <clears throat> but righteousness is impossible for us to achieve no matter how much we long for it. It comes only as God's gift to us through, his, through faith in his Son. When we pray to the Lord our righteousness, Jehovah said, we are praying to the one who has intervened on our behalf to restore us to his likeness and therefore to fellowship with himself. The Hebrew word, Sidkenu, is usually translated as righteousness, but can also be translated as righteous, honest, right, accurate, justice, truth, or integrity. Righteousness primarily involves being in right standing with God. As such, it concerns fulfilling the demands of a relationship with both God and others. Though people were often called righteous in the Hebrew scriptures, scriptures, they, if they observed the law, Jesus, and the writers of the New Testament stress 
that righteousness is not merely a matter of outward behavior, but a matter of the heart, of thoughts, motives, and desires. The goal is not merely to do what God says, but to become like him. All right, let's try this. Can I have someone read, if they can read? Or it's um, Jeremiah 23, 5 through 6. Uh, Jeremiah 23, 5 through 6. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteousness. A bit of background on these verses. The northern tribe of Israel had been taken into captivity a hundred years prior to when Jeremiah said these words. Now Judah was about to face the same predicament. All of Judah, except a small remnant, was in a state of spiritual and moral decay. The people refused to obey God's word and they had lost all interest in spiritual things. God sent Jeremiah as a spokesperson to the people of Judah. Jeremiah proclaimed the news that God would use Babylon to bring judgment on Judah by allowing the Babylonians into the city to attack. Those who survived would face severe consequences for the sins and rebellion of the entire nation. Now we're going to read Jeremiah 21, 1 through 10. Let's see. There it is. Um, Can I have someone read this, please? When King Zedekiah sent Hoshur, son of Malchijah, and Zephaniah, son of Maaseah, the priest, to speak with him, they begged Jeremiah, Please speak to the Lord for us and ask him to help us. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon is attacking Judah. Perhaps the Lord will be gracious and do a mighty miracle as he has done in the past. Perhaps he will force Nebuchadnezzar to withdraw his armies. Jeremiah replied, Go back to King Zedekiah and tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I will make your weapons useless against the king of Babylon and the Babylonians who are outside your walls attacking you. In fact, I will bring your enemies right into the heart of this city. I myself will fight against you with a strong hand and a powerful arm, for I am very angry. You have made me furious. I will send a terrible plague upon this city, and both people and animals will die. And after all that, says the Lord, I will hand over King Zedekiah, his staff, and everyone else in the city who survives the disease, war, and famine. I will hand them over to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and to their other enemies. 
He will slaughter them and show no mercy, pity, or compassion. Tell all the people, this is what the Lord says. Take your choice of life or death. Everyone who stays in Jerusalem will die from war, famine, or disease. But those who go out and surrender to the Babylonians will live. Their reward will be life. For I have decided to bring disaster and not good upon this city, says the Lord. It will be handed over to the king of Babylon, and he will reduce it to ashes. Thank you, Carolyn. <clears throat> so, according to these scriptures, um, what were the consequences the people of Judah about to face? So I put up some of mine. Um, God will turn their own weapons back on them. God himself will fight against them with anger, wrath, and indignation. Um, plagues, sword, and famine, and given into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, captivity, and burn with fire. None of those sound pleasant. <laughs> now let's read Jeremiah 32, 16 through 35. If I could have someone read that. After I had given the deed of purchase to Baruch, son of Neriah, I prayed to the Lord. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You show love to thousands, but bring the punishment for the parents' sins into the laps of their children after them. Great and mighty God, whose name is the Lord Almighty, great are your purposes and mighty are your deeds. Your eyes are open Oop, to the ways of all mankind. You reward each person according to the conduct and as their deeds deserve. You performed signs and wonders in Egypt and have continued them to this day in Israel and among all mankind and have gained the renown that is still yours. You brought your people Israel out of Egypt with signs and wonders by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with great terror. You gave them this land you had sworn to give their ancestors, a land flowing with milk and honey. They came in and took possession of it, but they did not obey you or follow your law. They did not do what you commanded them to do, so you brought all this disaster on them. See how the siege ramps are built up to take the city. Because of the sword, famine, and plague, the city will be given into the hands of the Babylonians who are attacking it. What you said has happened, as you now see. And though the city will be given into the hands of the Babylonians, you, sovereign lord, say to me, buy the field with silver and have the transaction witnessed. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Therefore, this is what the Lord says, I am about to give this city into the hands of the Babylonians and to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, who will capture it. 
The Babylonians who are attacking the city will come in and set it on fire. They will burn it down, along with the houses where the people aroused my anger by burning incense on the roofs to Baal and by pouring out drink offerings to other gods. The people of Israel and Judah have done nothing but evil in my sight from their youth. Indeed, the people of Israel have done nothing but arouse my anger with what their hands have made, declares the Lord. From the day it was built until now, this city has so aroused my anger and wrath that I must remove it from my sight. The people of Israel and Judah have provoked me by all the evil they have done. They, their kings and officials, their priests and prophets, the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem. They turned their backs to me and not their faces. Though I taught them again and again, they would not listen or respond to discipline. They set up their vile images in the house that bears my name and defiled it. They built high places for Baal in the valley of Ben-Hanam to sacrifice their sons and daughters to Molech, though I never commanded, nor did it enter my mind, that they should do such a detestable thing and to make Judah sin. Thank you. <clears throat> I know that was a long reading. <clears throat> um, so, um, name some character traits of God that are revealed in verses 17 through 22. So I'm going to go back. 17 through 22. Um, what was that? Wisdom. Wisdom. I'll go up to mine. Character traits of God. Creator, powerful, loving kindness, just, great and mighty, great in counsel, teacher, mighty in deeds, mighty in deeds, signs, and wonders. Nothing is too difficult for him. Anger at evil and wrath. So we're going to move to the New Testament, but keep a place marker in Jeremiah as we'll be coming back to Jeremiah. Um, Romans 3, 21 through 25. I thought I had that up there. Romans 3, 21 through 25. of the law, as was promised uh, in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, and this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, we've all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do 
from this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. The prophet, the prophet Jeremiah predicted the coming of a king who would be called Yahweh Siddiqui, the Lord is of our righteousness. Jesus fulfilled this prophecy by restoring our relationship with God through this life, death and resurrection. <clears throat> Paul proclaims his, in his letters to the Romans, whom God sent to be an atoning sacrifice through faith in his blood for a demonstration of righteousness through the passing over of prior sins in God's forbearance. That's Romans 21, 22. Um, <clears throat> so what did Paul mean when he uses the phrase faith in his blood? So in the, in the um, Romans 21 through 22, my uh, translation um, has it that um, whom God sent to be atoning sacrifice through faith in his blood for a demonstration of his righteousness through the passing over of prior sins in God's forbearance. So what did Paul mean when he uses the phrase faith in his blood? Um, now we're going to go back to um, Jeremiah. Um, where did, there's that. <clears throat> so Jeremiah 31 through 33. This is my, the covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. So what does it mean to have God's law written on our hearts? How has Jesus' sacrifice affected your relationship to God? I don't know. I was worried about this as I was preparing. Um, <clears throat> so in verses, uh, in Jeremiah 32, verses 23 and then 35, 33 through 35, um, back here. How did the people respond to God, to the Lord? Um, Jeremiah 32, I got to keep looking, 23. <clears throat> so 23 says, they came in and took possession of it, but they did not obey you or follow your law. They did not do what you commanded them to do, and then 33. 
Yeah. Um, they sacrificed children to Moloch, which is very um, detestable. Somehow that's just so shocking that, you know, God had spent so much time giving them all these instructions and they had built it all, but they have the audacity to put an idol. They're not building, they did build temples for their idols also, but to actually bring them into God's temple is this. Yeah. And and brazen, just so brazen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been tempted, I think. <laughs> I'm I, you're right. It's just this, the idea. Or even um, when Moses was told, or Abraham was told to put Isaac on, uh, the idea of putting my children up there and tying them up. All the while, the child wondering, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Just, um, The attitude and actions of the Judeans are much like people today. Um, let's read Romans 3, 9 through 12. What shall we conclude then? Are we better than them? Not at all, for we have already made that change that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even there is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. So what conclusion can we draw about ourselves based on these verses. <laughs> I 
Romans 6.23 begins with the wages of sin is death. According to Romans 6.23, just that portion, what are the consequences of our disobedience and sin? What do we deserve? Death. Yeah. It separates us. And if this was the end of the story of Judah and for us, what emotions would we experience? Despair. Despair. Hopelessness. Let's read it again. Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He paid our debt. What is our hope? This world is not our home. Yeah. And the tomb is empty, and he lives. We live because he lives. And that is today, Easter. The tomb is empty. So now I want to sing a couple of songs. Um, I'm move myself off. Sing with me. High priest forever, righteous interceder, king of my life. Perfect sacrifice, you put your law on my heart and you wrote it on my mind. You remember my sins no more. I priest forever, righteous interceder, king of my life. Perfect sacrifice, you put your law on my heart and you wrote it on your mind. You remember my sins no more. Your body is a curtain. Into the most holy place I stand purified before you In full assurance of faith I praise forever Righteous interceder King of my life Perfect sacrifice You put your law in my heart And you wrote it in my mind 
You remember my sins no more. Enthroned beside the Father, you took your rightful place. But I will stand before you and look upon your face. High priest forever, righteous interceder, king of my life. Perfect sacrifice, you put your law on my heart and you wrote it on my mind. You remember my sins no more. You remember my sins no more. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood. Jesus, for my pardon, this I see, nothing but the blood of Jesus, for my cleansing, this my plea, nothing but the blood of Jesus, oh, precious Nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
Now by this I'll reach my home, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Glory, glory, this I sing. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. All my praise for this I bring. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Yahweh Seniku, Lord, our righteousness. You came and lived on this, this earth and gave your life for us that we can be with you, we can come to you wherever we are, in that whatever capacity we are, from the lowest of the low to our highest highs. We have the capacity to come and be with you because of what you did for us. Thank you that you, that you died and on Sunday you arose again. Thank you for watching over us and for blessing us as you have. In Jesus' name, amen.